Welcome to the Audible presented by Verizon Dolphin fans. The 5G America's been waiting for is here. Only from Verizon. Learn more on verizon.com slash 5G. And if you want to check out the Audible, uh, you can you can look for it uh, every Saturday night. It's 7.30 p.m. on WFOR, CBS4 Miami. You can also download the podcast from all of your favorite streaming platforms and miamidolphins.com. And uh, John, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Certainly take a look at that game against Cincinnati. Look back at that. Uh, we have our sit down. We're going to talk to Nick, Nick Needham uh, today on the program. And then we'll look ahead to maybe the, mo- maybe the most potent football team uh, that the league has in the, in the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll take a look at them as we go behind enemy lines and uh, X's and bows. We'll come up with, uh, with some, uh, some interesting stuff uh, for that. But let's start talking about uh, the game uh, the game on, on Sunday uh, in our look back presented by Morgan and Morgan Law. Um, John, this was a game in the first half that, boy, I tell you, you know, you do, you look like, this looked like to me uh, in that first half that this was going to come down uh, to the last series of downs and it was going to be a dogfight, low scoring. Uh, but the Dolphins, uh, you know, were able to turn it on the second half and kind of, kind of change that momentum a little bit. Well, it was, it was a tale of two halves for this football team. You know, one play that Cincinnati makes to Tyler Boyd on a simple screen and it goes for a 72 yard touchdown. And that was really the only play that Cincinnati offensively I can remember. And and defensively, you know, you felt like you were in it because they weren't going to be able to score that many points. I thought the defense had a pretty good handle on what they were doing. It just seemed like offensively something had to change. And and thank goodness that offensive coordinator Chan Gailey said, you know what, let's go to an up-tempo hurry up. Uh, no huddled style of offense in the second half. And Tua took to the liking of it because they spread out. The ball got out quickly. It was more accurate. It was more on time. And he got more playmakers involved. Mike Kosicki, I think, had his best day as a member of the Miami Dolphins. You know, the guy was open everywhere. He made spectacular catches down the middle of the field. He had the only touchdown catch for the Miami Dolphins. But not only that, Bo, it got the screen game involved. It got the running game to go a little bit. And Tua, I thought, picked it up a notch in the second half because he looked a bit off. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a mixture of the entire offense uh, that was, you know, always goes on the the shoulders of the quarterback. But he certainly picked it up in the second half and I thought had an excellent final 30 minutes to the football game and really resurrected what could have been a bad loss for the Miami Dolphins at home. And now they're, uh, you know, keep that momentum going into the Kansas City game. So, John, as you, as you move forward and you look at two, and, and look, Flo has said a number of times that, hey, he's our guy, uh, even when they brought Fitz in, uh, you know, last, uh, last time. Uh, two is still the guy. So that being the case, and I believe, in it, and I believe that 100%, um, do you think, you think that this should be an offense that has a little more up-tempo, maybe comes out of the block with a little more up-tempo? If that's something that fits the tempo or the style of play, for Tua. I think Tua needs to be able to be comfortable in any offense that they decide to run that particular week. Yep. But I do think he should probably have a little bit more say so. And he might, he might have some more say so in the style of which they play with or when they can get to hurry up, you know, after a couple of first downs, you go, let's get right into it. You yep. know, you kind of catch the defense on their heels. I think those are the types of things where those conversations between quarterback coordinator and head coach uh, really come into play. Because even with Fitz on the sidelines, he could help in that manner. Say, hey, it might be a good time for – I can tell two is ready. You know, let's get him going in that, right. you know, spread it out, no backs, empty sets, and get going up at the line of scrimmage. But you can only do that 
but will only be successful at it if you are moving the chains. Because that in turn, if you go against Kansas City and you go three and out and three and out and you turn back and it looks like it's 14 to nothing the other way, yeah. that'll get you in trouble too. So I think it's, it's really you have to figure out what's best for that week, that series, that type of the game or that frame of the game and go from there. Because with the defense, the way they played yeah. yesterday against Cincinnati with six sacks and Van, Van Noy having such a huge game right. and you know, a bunch of guys, X getting another pick, Needham getting another pick. You know, there was going to be opportunities for the offense, no matter what style of offense they ran. Yeah, Ogball, Lawson, they all contributed yeah. in a game with six sacks. And and really, like you said, didn't allow Cincinnati to really get much going. And the one big play, I, I even that was a, to me, was a, was, I would call it, a, you could tie that in as a broken assignment or a mental error, very, you know, whichever way you want to go. But you, you can't let a play like that happen. And other than that, um, it, it was a, it was a very very good day by the defense, and I think it was another game where the defense, you know, kind of held in there, held in there, held in there, and allowed that they're off the offense to to get traction. And and John, this defense, boy, you look at it, you know, you look at the Jets. They played two games against the Jets. They gave up three points. Cincinnati comes in here, a team where you where you kind of you know you you worry about them. They they were able to put seven points on the board on a play that really John sh- shouldn't have shouldn't have turned into a touchdown. But it did, and so you continue to look at this defense and how well this defense is playing. And and you know, John, it, it's been a couple of weeks now since we've seen that all-out blitz. You know, you know, seven, eight guys in the line of scrimmage. You know, showing them that look where you don't know where it's coming. So so it's not like they're doing it with a single defense. They're doing multiple things with their defense, and then other teams are having a tough, having a hard time. Uh, you know, moving the ball against him. And to me, it's just a factor of, you know, you got two cornerbacks out there. They're as good as anybody in the league. The secondary, and you talk to the guy, the word talk to Nick Needham, you know, he's picked up his game a lot. Uh, you know, got guys like Van Noy and Lawson and Ogba that you went out in, in, in the offseason and picked up as free agents. They're making a huge impact. And then you're making a huge impact from all the young guys on this defensive football team. And John, I, I keep kind of keep kind of rubbing my eyes midway through the games and saying, geez, look how young these people are. These guys are on offense. You started all three of those rookie offensive linemen yesterday. Then you look at the defensive side and you go, that's a young bunch of guys out there. This is a very, very young football team that's growing with growing together. And boy, offensively and defensively, I think if you're a Dolphin fan, unless you're numb between the ears, you should have a lot to look forward to out of this group for the rest, certainly the rest of this season and moving down the road. Well, as a Dolphin fan, it gives you reason to smile when, yep. when you look at what's happening on both sides of the line of scrimmage and in special teams. I think it comes down to both each guy, whether you're a rookie or a seasoned vet, they're starting to win their one-on-one matchups. Yep. And I think that's important. The offensive line didn't allow a sack. They didn't allow too much pressure because Tua had a pretty good clock going in his head and getting rid of the football. And that means the guys on the outside were winning those one-on-one matchups to give him a window to throw to. And I think defensively up front, I mean, you could go from Davis, who's a young guy, Wilkins, who's a young guy, you know, you get to the edges with Ogba and Lawson, Lawson, Van Ginkle, Van Noy, those guys are winning. We don't even mention Jerome Baker and he's making plays. Uh, I mean, and then you get to the secondary, you know, it's a turnover machine and it's a product of the pressure that the defensive front seven are, are applying to opposing quarterbacks and, you know, you see underthrows, you see late throws, you see cornerbacks baiting quarterbacks to throw the football when they know they have that extra, they get extra gear to get there if it's not perfect. So I think it's, 
I think guys are winning their one-on-one matchups and it's culminating into a team effort that really, I think only the Denver Broncos manhandled this football team up front over the last probably two months. That team went to an old fashioned style of pulling guards and tackles and, and getting after it at the line of scrimmage. And I think the dolphins had an off day that day. But other than that, Bo, you can say that we've hung in there with, you know, anybody that's on the schedule and this is going to be a tough one coming up, but just looking back, I, just, I believe the Dolphins have been able to hold their own, and that's because they're winning those individual matchups. Yeah, no doubt. And then you, know, you start looking down the road a little bit here and, uh, you know, get, going toward the end of the season, that time when Pro Bowlers uh, are, are starting to be selected. And you look at Xavier, certainly it picks up his eighth interception. Uh, here's a guy that should be in the, in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, you got some of the other guys. Ogba is a guy up there that uh, that you look at, and you know he's been making big plays. You got the, all the sacks that he's got, and and, and what about Mike Gusecki climbing his way up in that conversation? You know, and, and probably the the reason that there's he's not more of a a part of the conversation is there was a, a there, there was that period of time where when Tua was playing, where he really wasn't throwing the ball to him. Kind of took it. Kind of took fits last week to throw the ball back to Gusecki to get to get. Uh, Tua into that that thing, and when what we saw, we saw as good a game from any tight end as you're going to see out of Gusecki on Sunday. Well, yeah, I mean, you look around the league, and Travis Kelsey is probably the you know the hottest tight end, but Mike's probably right on his heels. I think Travis has eight touchdowns and over a thousand yards in terms of yardage, but the way Mike Gusecki played on Sunday gives you a hope that you know the the sky's the limit for this guy, and you got to give him those those targets and those opportunities. And Bo, I would, I would say to further your point during that middle of the road uh, of the schedule, you had Shaheen, you had Smythe, you know, a lot of guys getting a lot of snaps at tight ends with multiple positions in the red zone. So those targets and those touchdowns were spread out among that tight end room. So I'm sure there's a lot of footballs on the wall in that tight end room, uh, but just not with one person's name on it. Now it's time for our sit down. We're going to sit down and talk to Nick Needham and that's amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. Uh, Nick Needham is a guy that, uh, well, I tell you, beginning of last year, you know, Nick, Nick, Nick was having to play out there and, you know, maybe a little bit like uh, Igben Ogley this year, you know, you, when you saw him early on, you go, boy, boy, this guy's going to struggle. But, you know, he's, you know, he, he, he took the off season, got serious about his, his, his business and came back healthy, got, came back leaner. And boy, what a, what a season he's having. Had a big interception uh, the prior week. And, uh, and he's just become one of those guys. I, you know, talking to, I was talking to X uh, the other day in an interview, and I, I, I was talking about all the people in back. He goes, hey, don't forget Nick Needham. He's playing as good as anybody else. So, uh, so he's, he's done a lot of good things uh, to put himself in a very good position on this Dolphin defense. You know, and Bo, he usually draws that under-the-radar uh, tough assignment because it's that slot guy that can get open and, you know, and, and doesn't take a whole lot of area to get open. And Nick Needham needs to use his technique and speed uh, to be able to hang with those guys, to be able to run and chase. And I think that he's vastly improved from where he was when we first uh, said his name. Uh, we didn't know who he was, where he was from, if he even went to college or not. You know, what college did he go to? And now you feel like he's a household name for the Miami Dolphins because you don't mention X and, and Byron Jones and Brandon Jones and, and Roe and Bobby without Nick Needham. I mean, that's a guy that you're, you're seeing on the field quite a lot, not only on defense, but on special teams. And he's a valuable piece to this team. And I'm sure glad he's holding up his end of the bargain. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's see what he had to say.
everybody. We welcome in Dolphin quarterback Nick Needham to the program. And uh, Nick, uh, I tell you, you, things are looking up for you, man. This uh, this has been a, a pretty good season for you. You've kind of established yourself in that secondary. You come up with a big interception this last week. How, how you feel about where, how you're progressing out here? I feel good, but just trying to take it week by week and just keep trying to get better every week. Um, just listen to the coaches. Try to take in the coaching tips and just apply it to my game and just try to get better every game. You guys, uh, your defense, boy, is really, really stepping up, and it seems like every week getting better and, and doing it in a lot of different ways. For a while there, you were doing a lot of a lot of blitzing, some zero coverage behind you, and now you're kind of doing, you know, doing a traditional three- or four-man rush and, and covering from the back. But, uh, boy, it's just uh, it just seems like every week you guys just get better and better. And when a defense gets better, it's certainly a lot of fun playing on a unit like that, isn't it? No, nah, for sure. Uh, definitely in the second half of uh, yesterday's – or t- uh, Sunday's game, we had a lot more energy, and you can see it on the field. You can feel it, and it just creates a presence out there, and just, we all feed off it and uh, try to make a play. You know, Nick, speaking of feeding off of a positive plays, 21 takeaways from this defense – 18 consecutive games with a turnover. Is this something you guys talk about at all uh, at practice when you guys are pushing each other? I know you've had, you know, contests between yourselves, getting your hands on the football, who's going to, you know, do that during training camp. But it seems like it's carried on through the regular season. Not for sure. Even in practice, we hold each other accountable. Like any drop pick, you got to drop, get push-ups. Like everybody makes them get down. If it shows up on film, make them uh, drop and give push-ups, but uh, Coach Boyer, he's big on the ball. He's always preaching the ball, the ball, the ball. Even if you're blitzing, try to get a sack fumble, strip the ball out, um, catching the ball, obviously. So we're just always out there trying to make as many turnovers as possible. Nick, how big of an adjustment was it for you going from outside to inside? It seems like all all of the defensive backs have all had, obviously, experience, and they started as corners. But moving around to the inside, what's been the biggest adjustment for you? Uh, it's definitely different. Um, there's a lot smaller, quicker guys in the slot. Um, it's a little different route tree, uh, more across the field routes, and they have a lot more room up there. So um, I've just been having to learn how to play with my leverage, play to the safety's help, um, know where all my help is, and uh, be able to play like that. You know, I know you guys are a tight bunch. I was talking to uh, X the other day in, in, in an interview, and I said, hey, you got a good group back there. You know, you, you got Byron on the other side. You got Bobby. Uh, you know, you, you got Eric in, the, in there, and he goes, hey, hey, don't forget about Nick now. Don't forget about Nick. I mean, he's, he's a big part of it. So you got your you got your boy out there who may be the defensive player of the year touting right. out there already. So that's, that's nothing wrong with that, is there? Nah, nah. Yeah, we have, we're a tight group. We're always joking around. But like I say, X is a great player. He's a big inspiration to me. As you can see, how I many times he gets the ball. It's, just, it's a game changer. And we love to have him. Well, why do they keep throwing the football his way? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they keep doing it, going to keep picking it. So. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, Nick, how much fun is it to, to see Josh Boyer? Uh, you know, it seems like he's the mad scientist back there with, with the schemes you guys have devised in terms of different defenses to match uh, different coverages. How much different is, is, is Josh from being a secondaries coach to now being the defensive coordinator? Josh, no, nah, he's a very aggressive coach. So, like, every t- every week we come out there with a different game plan, slightly adjust. But uh, he always wants to attack the offense in different ways, different ways as possible. Um, as you can see, it comes out with turnovers and just trying to confuse the offense, and it ends up working in our favor. 
getting ready for Kansas City uh, every week for, for the opposition has to be a monumental challenge. What have you seen so far on tape uh, that you guys have to, you know, have priorities on? What, what your, you know, the main things you need to do to slow this offense down for, of the Chiefs? Like I said, we got to come in just like another week, come out and execute. But uh, I know they got a lot of speed over there in Kansas City, um, reigning Super Bowl champs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, just got a, a lot of weapons on their offense, so we got to come out, play our best game, and uh, we, should be, we should be able to execute. Nick, uh, you know, December, uh, December is where, uh, where winners step forward and make big things happen. Got Kansas City coming and defending Super Bowl champ. They've lost one game. They got, you know, maybe the, the best quarterback in the National Football League playing out there. They got talent everywhere you look on the offensive side of the football. But it's a great opportunity for you guys to to kind of establish yourself as as one of those prime teams in the National Football League. Great opportunity to beat a very good football team in your own backyard and really establish something for you guys. Do you think about it that way? Uh, yeah, you kind of do, but you got to just take it like Coach Flo says. Uh, don't worry about all the extra noise out there. It's just another game this week. Um, don't want to think too much or overthink it. Um, just play our own game, and we'll be able to, uh, we'll be fine out there. Well, you look at this team right now, and, and I think there are a lot of people, myself included, thought that next year would be the year where you guys are sitting here looking at a playoff berth. You know, you're sitting here with eight wins, but you guys, you guys kind of jumped the gun a little bit, a little premature. Are, are, are you guys surprised or did you feel this coming even through this truncated season that you had with training camp and no OTAs, all that stuff? Did you guys see this coming? Uh, well, yeah, you can see it even at the end of last year. The team was coming together. We started getting some, some wins in there. And uh, just all the hard work we put in this training camp and just believing in what Coach Flo's been saying. He said don't, it's not going to be a surprise because we've been working so hard. So if we just keep going out there and doing that, we'll be good. Nick, I have one last thing to ask you. When you look at yourself on tape this year, maybe compared to, you know, middle of the season last year when you were just gaining some experience, how much better or how much more confident are you now than maybe where you were then just because of your your reps and your experience and going into games and being ready for each and every game plan? Yeah, no, I know reps are a big thing in the NFL. So uh, definitely preseason helped me a lot. Learn, big learning experiences last year. And then uh, just this year, feel more comfortable with my teammates out there too, just them trusting in me and me knowing more of the defense, really understanding where everybody's playing, where everybody's fits are. So that really slows the game down more when you can play like that and you really know where you are on the field. Hey, Nick, I appreciate you taking your time out to be with us. It's been a pleasure watching your progress over the last couple of years. Really, you become a, you know, one of, a stalwart on this defense and someone that, uh, that they're counting on each and every week. And, uh, Hey, you know what? Kansas City's coming to town. Why don't you get another interception and take it to the house this time? Yeah, no, that would be nice. Three in a row. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Thanks for joining us, hey, man. Hey, good luck, Nick. Appreciate you guys. Now it's time to go behind the enemy lines, presented by AutoNation, where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicles for cash. Right now, all you need to do is visit AutoNation.com. And, uh, John, uh, if you're looking for excitement, if you're looking for a, a football game that can capture attention, Boy, boy, the Kansas City Chiefs rolling into town, coming to Hard Rock, uh, defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, they've lost one game this year. Uh, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, you, you go down the list. Uh, you, you can go on and on and on on both sides of the football. John, this is a very good football team coming in. And, 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 and looking at it on the surface, 
going into this game. I think this has got to be one of those games where you're thinking, thinking walking in, well, they're, they're going to score some points and we're going to have to score points. This may be a good old fashioned, good old fashioned shootout at Hard Rock Stadium. It will be because when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're first in a lot of categories, a lot of team categories on offense, uh, total yards, passing yards, uh, second in points, scoring over 30 points a game. On third down, they're averaging almost 50%. Uh, you talk about you know being the world champs, only having one loss this season, and Patrick Mahomes, what he can do from the quarterback spot is really unheard of. Uh, the guy looks like he's trapped. He's not. Uh, the guy doesn't have a window to fit the football in. He finds a way to get it in. And then he's got guys that take two-yard passes and make it 92-yard touchdowns. You know, you've got Tariq Hill, who's over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. You meant, we mentioned Travis Kelsey earlier, uh, probably the premier tight end in the league with eight touchdowns. He's over 1,100 yards. So they have a running game. They have a good offensive line. They arguably have the best quarterback in football. And they have a head coach in Andy Reid who knows how to get the best out of his players. So, you know, defensively they can do it as well, but that offense is, is something to be reckoned with. And it will be a, a measuring stick for sure for the Miami Dolphins come Sunday. Yeah. And you, and you look at Andy, you talk about Andy Reid, certainly one of the most respected coaches in the national football league, but you know, he, here's a guy that's a very innovative offensive uh, coach and you give him a quarterback like Mahomes and all the speed that they've accumulated on the offensive side of the football. And boy, he's like a, you like that mad scientist in there. Just see, he must go home at night and, and just uh, just have a smile on his face, putting together the different things he wants to do with his offensive bunch. Well, it's funny because when you think, you know, the rich are going to get richer with Le'Veon Bell, he just adds to, you know, he, he kind of gets lost in the shuffle when you remember what they have as, you know, being able to run the football. And I wanted to talk a little bit too about, you know, Andy Reid, such a, a great offensive mind. They always have a different wrinkle. Yep. For each and every week, whether it's a reverse, it's a reverse pass, it's a, uh, an unusual screen, uh, you know, a double pass, yep. something's coming your way. And, and defensively with Spagnola as their defensive coordinator, they do a very good job of pressuring the pocket. They're, you know, I would say their numbers aren't as spectacular on defense as they are on offense, but still yep. middle of the pack is probably the worst you're going to get. The, the lowest number they have is I think they're 27th against the run but the Dolphins haven't been able to figure out a way to consistently run the football. So that matches up pretty well for Kansas City coming in against the Dolphins. And you hope that Tua and company can find a way to move the football on third down and stay on the field on third down to keep Patrick Mahomes and the wealth of talent they have on offense on the sidelines. When you talk touch on their defense, they're not devoid of talent on the defensive side. I mean, you look at Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, and they've got players there that, you know, the only reason you don't hear from them that much is because you hear so much about that offense. But you take a look at Mahomes and with Andy, Andy Reid, you know, Mahomes is an unorthodox guy, right? He, he throws the ball, you know, not, not the typical, you know, you know I'm sure he's probably had coaches that tried to change the way he threw the football. Why they would when they see the results, I don't know. But, but he's got a different way about him. And he's got a way about him that Andy Reid must dig into that, that, that little – that little underhanded pass screen that they've got, that little start an option run, you know, dish it underneath. All those little things that, that are very unique. And, and, I mean, how many times you watch Kansas City and you go, wow, I haven't seen that one before. But you see it because it's that kind of innovation and they have the skills on that team, especially with Mahomes leading the show, to, to do almost, almost whatever you like to do offensively. 
Well, he allows you. I mean, he can make every throw on the field. Um, he's very rarely caught behind the line of scrimmage. And he doesn't make that many bonehead plays for as imaginative as he creates, you know, when he's painting a pitcher offensively with his right arm. Um, he doesn't get in a lot of trouble. And usually he makes one or two plays more than the other guy he's, he's opposing. And that's why they're scoring, scoring so many points at, at a high clip. So this is definitely a team where the Dolphins defensively is going to be the challenge. You know, the Miami Dolphins have played a lot of man coverage against teams over the last two months. They've had a lot of creative things they've done defensively with their formations, with their coverage. This is the week, Bo, that would be a a very challenging week for Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, to say the least, to try to come up with something exotic that doesn't expose your defense, but yet gives problems to a world champion football team that has probably seen just about every look you could see over the last, I don't know, two years to try and slow down this offense. So I would think you're going to get a little bit of everything, but with the talent the Dolphins have defensively, they may be able to pick and choose when they can go into man and try to pressure the pocket, see if they can come up with a turnover or or a force fumble or a strip sack, something that will turn the tide and the momentum of a game. But you have to really pick and choose when to gamble and when not to against Patrick Mahomes. Well, and then you start looking at, you know, you, you do a little self-scouting. You look at our guys. You look at our secondary. Uh, you know, X and Jones on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on the boundaries. You know, you got, you know, Bobby's playing well. Bobby almost came with an inter- interception last week. And, uh, you know, you got everybody in Eric Rose playing well, Nick Needham, all these guys that are, that are playing. So, you know, I, I think the Dolphins have the – have the manpower, you know, get a pressure up front and, and it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be important to keep, you like to keep Mahomes inside because he's one of those guys when he gets out in the perimeter, well, he can, he can do some things that, you know, he'll throw across the, across his body, across the field. He'll do whatever he wants to do because he's got that ability. Uh, it makes it tough. But if you can keep in the pocket, at least you limit some of the things that he can do easier said than done. Um, and guys are gonna have to stay in their lanes and they're going to have to be, you know, I, I, I call it, you know, I call it like, you know, rushing with abandonment, but do it very, very cautiously. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Those off script plays that really kill opposing yeah. defenses. When he escapes that first wave of pressure, those athletes start running and try to find some open green grass and he'll, he'll be able to make the throw to get the football there. So that's, that's when opposing teams get into real trouble. Time for X's and Bo's right now. And, John, let's kind of go back a week ago and and, uh, and talk about something that uh, that's been talked about all week long. And 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 for for me, I, I was I I, I like. I know you were fired up. I, like I know you were happened. fired up. I like the reason it happened. I like everything about it. You know, you, you're playing the game. You, you had you already had X got thrown out of the game, and, and their guy got thrown out of the game. Uh, you know, on a little to me, a little pity pat should, shouldn't have been an issue to be honest with you, but they got thrown out. And then later in the game, uh, after the second time, after the second time that Jakeem Grant took a cheap shot, uh, you know, trying to trying to field the punt. The first one, you know, it was it was right at the time. Then the second time, you know, he had, the ball hadn't even got there and the guy hits him. And it, so it turns into what it did turn into, a bench-clearing type of situation. And, you know, I, I know everybody in the organization, well, you know, we can't do that. We've got to watch – you know, we've got to be, we've got to be better than that. We've got to, you know, to me, if any, any time it deserved, that you deserved a bench clearing brawl, it was that time. And what I liked about it, John, is not, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fight because you were getting your ass kicked. It wasn't a fight because 
you know, they, they, they were just beating you down. It was because you're defending one of your guys that took two cheap shots and kept coming back. And, and that's what it was about. And to me to see your head coach run over there and, and, and get actively involved in a fray like that, boy, if you're on his football team and you're not saying, hey, that's my guy, and then I don't know. I don't want you on my football team, I guess, is what, what my response would be. Yeah, that was, you know, that was Mike Thomas from the Bengals that did that twice to Jakeem Grant. You know, he was flying down. The first one you could say, okay, well, you know, things like that happen. But when it happens twice in the game, it's the same guy. And it's it's all because I believe it was the way it was taught because Jakeem doesn't fair catch much. So they were trying to time it up where they could really make a big play because they felt like they weren't going to be able to win just with offense and defense. They had to force a turnover that ate up about 70 yards of field position so they could have their offense teed up on the 20-yard line and get in for an easy score. So they were trying to time that up. But the second time, uh, that that's kind of crossing the line of sportsmanship and, and yeah. what you do on the field and between the lines. And, and I, I thought every player on that football field deserved to you know get in the face of somebody because that's not the way you play football. That's not the way that you, you do it in, in any league. It doesn't really matter where that is. And I, I felt like the team was right. And I do think that Brian Flores was so upset because he feels the fabric of this team and he feels like, you know, those are, are his guys and those are his kids and those are the guys he's – those men he's leading out each and every day to practice and he preaches it, you know, play hard, play physical, play up right to the edge, but don't cross the edge. And I think Cincinnati and, and the way that Thomas did, he crossed the edge and that forced the issue for the Miami Dolphins. The one point I will make, Bo, though, aside from those particular plays, I think the Dolphins, down the stretch in the next five weeks, if they're going to win those 50-50 games or maybe some games they're not favored in, they're going to have to play with more discipline between the whistles. No doubt. Uh, I think they're going to have to play with more discipline in terms of penalties because you can't have eight penalties for 50 or nine penalties for 80, and all those hidden yards are going to catch up to you when you play good teams. You, you know, you play teams you should have beat the last couple of weeks in the Jets and the Bengals. When you go up against KC and you go up against New England and you have, you know, the Raiders and you have the Bills, if you have seven, eight, nine, ten penalties, you're not going to win those games unless they absolutely gift wrap it to you. So I'd like to see I'd like to see the defense of, of teammates stay where it is. But I'd like to see the discipline of the football team between the whistles get better over the next month. Yeah, I, I think in that second half, I think maybe it was a one drive where they had 25 yards in penalties they had back-to-back where they got 10 yards and then they, they picked up another five yarder. So yeah, that certainly puts you in a bad situation, but I just think for, you know, for a young football team and, the, and you look at the, you know, that the offensive football team that played for the most part yesterday, I think the oldest guy that played was Jesse Davis. And what's he 27 years old, 27, 28 27 at the most, yeah. the same on the defensive side. So, so to me, I, I, I you know, it, you know, you, you've got young guys that are, that are new to this league for, you know, some of them are two or three years into the league. And, 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 you know, and I don't know, maybe they've never had a coach that's kind of backed them in that way. And, and I agree with you completely, John, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't go into a football game and, and try to go out and be the old Raiders in the, in the, in the sixties and seventies where, you know, you're just going to, you're just going to penalties don't mean anything because you're just going to beat everybody up and, uh, and win football games, you got to be more disciplined. But I also think with a young football team like that, I, I think the messages that have been sent by Coach Flores over the over the over the years, over the two years that he's been here now, and, and certainly this year, is that hey, 
you know, we're our guys, you know, it, it's us and it's us against the world, which, you know, every coach does to some degree. But I think when you see that, it, it, you know, something like that, you know, and I've been in those situations, we've had teams where, where you have that occur. It just, it just kind of cements the team together in a, in a, in a, in a form that, yeah, we are, it is us against everybody else. And you know what, if you're going to come over and you're going to take a shot at one of us, you're going to feel the heat. All of us. Else. That's right. Just don't go off the reservation. If you're going to yeah. go, go with everybody. Yeah, no doubt. Just, yeah, make sure you, <laughs> there and, you know, or, or the, or the other thing, make sure you get a lead first. That's healthy <laughs> before you start. That's right. Before you start slinging things around. Right. And the best thing in the world was uh, whoever went first, he looked behind, he saw a lot of aqua and orange coming when he felt like he was right at home, which was no great. Doubt about it. Well, I think Devante was in there looking for somebody and, and then he got a little cheap shot and so he figured out, you know what, let me get my money's worth out of this. One. <laughs> but I got to tell you, one of the great scenes in that game was, was, uh, Oh, was when Jakeem came up to Nick, and and yeah, the, the two guys were um, they're Devante. Devante. They're walking off the field. They've been thrown out of the game for defending Jakeem. Jakeem runs over to him before he gets to the locker room, gives them each a hug, and goes back. And, and I thought that was uh, I thought that was a pretty telling moment. Yeah, it was. It, it was because you you could tell that. Uh, thank you for having my back because right. those two shots were, were you know they were dirty. Yeah, uh, you know they they were the second one at least in oh, my they, mind because you've already done dangerous. it once. So and they they were dangerous shots. I mean, yeah, they were dangerous. Guy, you talk about a, a guy that's a, a undefended player standing there, just bare bare to the world to get two shots like that. No, they they, they it got what it deserved. But uh, hey, it's move move on. Now it's Kansas City week. Now it's time to get that offense going of ours and uh, and try to outscore that football team. It'll be fun to watch, Bo. Hopefully the Dolphins will play their best game of the year, and in the fourth quarter they have a chance to win. That's all you can hope for. Remember, the Audible is presented by Verizon. Dolphin fans, the 5G America's been waiting for is here. Only from Verizon. Learn more on verizon.com slash 5G. And remember, you can watch the Audible each and every Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. right here on WFR, CBS4 Miami. And you can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms, and you can catch it on MiamiDolphins.com. For John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. That's going to do it for the Audible. We'll see you next week, and stay safe.